Hey guys, welcome to the Wine and Design podcast. I am your host, Megan Weeks. I am a full-time graphic designer, a wine enthusiast, and creative educator on YouTube. This podcast was created to connect the creative community and to inspire you to share your craft with others. Now grab your glass of wine and join me as we connect as creatives. Leslie Vega. She is a brand designer for artful photographers, an educator with her Unveiled Designer Academy, a mother of two, and I like to call her the queen of layers and textures. Enjoy the episode. Well, thank you for doing this with me. I'm so excited. Of course, of course. (laughs) Yes, I love talking to other designers. It's like I could do it all day. Me too. Yeah, and it's nice to like talk to someone that knows kind of everything going on in this world. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, so I guess to start, um, if you can just tell my viewers um, and probably yours too, uh, how long you've been designing for and like how you got started in graphic design. So I, I think I'm hitting like year 13 now, which is crazy, (laughs) kind of, but, um, I graduated from design school, um, in 2003. So it's been a while. And I started my business in 2008 after, you know, I did the whole, like I worked in a marketing firm. I was an in-house designer for like a clinic, like a therapy clinic. Okay. and that was fun. And that's how I kind of started learning how to work with people. Um, yeah. And then I was at a skip a couple years. I was an art director at a magazine here in town. Okay. So I loved the layout work. I loved all that. Um, but I just felt like I couldn't be super, super creative. I was just yeah. too busy all the time. Like I couldn't really be just create things that I love because I was too busy sticking to that magazine concept Okay. Uh, all the time. So um, I moved on from that. So I, you know, just kept doing my business on the side and yeah. it just blossomed after that. And I was like, I cannot go work for anybody else again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Were, you, were you doing um, both at the same time for a while, like working at the, the magazine company and running? Your- I was, yeah. So I did, I worked at the magazine and I still ran my business on the side a little bit. I couldn't give it as much attention as I wanted to, but yeah. You know, when I was home, I did, and I feel like that's the best way to start because then you don't have the pressure of making the money. You're just spending your time designing and making sure your clients are happy, whether that's one or two clients and, you know, not having the pressure of that, having to pay your bills. I think that's like the best way to start, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Cause I feel like yeah. it's scary giving up that like mm-hmm. income every month, but also like, yeah. I don't know. It's like the perfect way to kind of ease into like starting your design. It is. Yeah. Because you don't want to put that pressure on your projects. Then your, your designing is pressured. Everything is pressured when you could just kind of ease your way into it. I think the key here is totally patience. Um, If we can't have patience, then we can't make it to where we want to get to. It just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, definitely. Did you feel like because you were able to like maybe not say yes to everybody because you still had that job with the income? Were you like more selective 
with I, yes I was a little bit I mean I wouldn't say I had the best knowledge in those early years of who to say yes or who to say no to yeah. uh, but what was actually helpful was when I realized okay this client was probably uh not a good option yeah that's when I started learning who I worked best with and who I didn't and honestly I would say I haven't really mastered that till now like a decade later yeah um, but that trial and error if you can do that with a lot less pressure it's it's way better. Okay. Yeah. So when you, um, first started, I'm just curious, did you jump into like just posting on Instagram a lot or like, how did you first get? Oh gosh. So when I started, actually my business was actually a wedding stationery business first before it was a branding business. So it was a design business, but I started when there was no Instagram, (laughs) there was no, um, and if it had just started, I wasn't really, I didn't know a lot about it. So a lot of it was word of mouth. A lot of it, because it was invitations, it was wedding expos, things okay. like that, and getting in front of the client. So it's almost the same concept about finding where your client is and showing up and being there. Yeah. Uh, and then once I switched over to branding, then a little bit after that is when Instagram started. I wasn't really doing that as much. I wasn't as savvy. Yeah. Um, you know, I had that ugly grid of like over filtered pictures of <laughs> my babies and, and I didn't already made ones on the app. <laughs> yes. And I didn't, I didn't realize like what this platform was going to do for my business yeah. years down the road. I didn't make that connection yet. So a lot of it was word of mouth. Um, I would say word of mouth locally, but also on blogs. So my blogs were really big back then. Okay. Yeah. Those, they were the thing. And so I was just literally just like emailing people who I thought were reaching my audience and was like, can you post my work on your blog? You know, just kind of sold myself through an email. Yeah. Um, which is almost the best way for an introvert. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to face them in person. So um, <laughs> that was how I started was with blogs really before Instagram was big. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I know that you design mostly on show it now, right? Your websites. Yes. So did you like, Cause show it's kind of new, right? I mean, it's, it's, been um, a while, huh? it's probably, it's been around for a couple of years. I don't really know okay. what exactly I can, but it is newer than a couple of the other platforms. Yeah. Okay. Did you yeah. like, when you had your blog, were you using a different platform? I was. So yeah. I was for the first, just about 10 years of my business. I was on Squarespace. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, it was a great platform. It was easy to design on. Um, but I think, I think it just depends on the kind of designer that you are. Once show it came on board, I was like, okay, I can finally add layers. I can finally overlap things. I can finally, and that's just because of the nature of my designing is very layers, textures. I can do clean. I feel like all this time in the industry, I could, I can pull off anything, Mm -hmm. but what I enjoy the most is textures and layering, just the art of it. And I yeah. felt like show it allowed me to do that more so than now I won't downplay Squarespace. They, if you're very savvy with coding, you can do that on Squarespace. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like to hand things over to my clients that are a little bit more drag and drop and easy. And so I had to let go of that stigma of, well, if you can't code, that's not a legit website. And, and <laughs> now I'm like, you know what? The end product and what it does for the client is mm-hmm. that's the most important part. And so now I went to show it and I never went back. It's so cool. It, it reminds me too of like the Adobe 
like programs where I don't know just the layout of it it's like it just reminds me of Illustrator yes yeah yeah and everyone so what I always tell designers is whatever design program you flow in the most like design there and then platform comes second because it's like you're designing in a box yeah 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 that's awesome. Well, I want to like bring it back a little because I kind of jumped ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Um, because I get a lot of people ask me, like, did you go to college for graphic design? Do you think college is necessary? So yeah. I guess what was your experience with that? Did you study it or did you kind of just teach yourself? So basically, I went to a design program that was a two-year program. It was just an associate's program. Um And anytime someone asks me that question, I always bring up the story that one of my teachers, I think she was, she was our InDesign teacher. And so she wanted us to design a resume. So I was like, okay, let's see what I can do. I don't know the program that well, but let's see what I can do. Put something together. We all turn them in and she's holding them all in her hands. And she says, if I were to hire a designer, I would throw these all on the floor. And the only ones I would pick up are the ones that catch my eye. Uh that is how important a degree is (laughs) the beauty of the creative industry is what can you put out creatively not what degree you have they're just not asking that anymore unless it's like a really old school place and you're Mm -hmm. an in-house designer for that place and they want to see that bachelor's degree on that paper or that master's degree honestly I am I am thriving on a two-year associate degree that only taught me the programs did not teach me anything else that I've learned yeah in the business yeah no that's so true I feel like if you have like an artistic mind it's easy to kind of just I guess teach yourself a little bit and like yeah yeah honestly it's it's really in the if you have it you have it yeah no you don't um, I had students who were in my class with me graduated in 2003. They're not in design anymore because yeah. it didn't come out of them. You know, they learned the logistics, they learned the programs, which half of the programs are nothing like they were when I was in school. Yeah. So a lot of it is on the field. So I always like to knock down that myth of, oh, I need to go to school or I need to get a bachelor's. Well, yeah. take a look at where you want to end up working and does yeah. that really require that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's so much online courses now too, like yours, mm-hmm. for example, where you can just learn like yeah. online at home. So it's, it's yes. Great. Yeah. Yep. I look back and someone asked me the other day, like what classes were your favorite in college? And I literally was huh. like, I cannot remember. <laughs> like, I have to say my only one was art humanities I was just studying painting that sounds really fun yeah it wasn't even any of my design school classes to be honest (laughs) I know prerequisite (laughs) exactly yeah like I literally can't remember I think it was like I took a credit class where I had to run or something I was like I guess that's the only one I could remember like oh my gosh (laughs) so the least the least structured one exactly what's your favorite that's the thing we're artists we're not structured so although I could say I'm kind of an oxymoron but that's a whole nother show (laughs) structured yeah I also feel like too when it comes to learning this kind of stuff like I don't know about you but for me I just have to kind of like do it like I can't just sit there and like wonder how I can start it perfectly or like 
Yeah, yeah. Creatives, creatives are, they learn visually. And so yeah. you have to see it in action or you have to actually practice it, mess up, try again, like all with your hands and not just, exactly. you know, reading things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I am. Yeah. But um, I'm also curious because I feel like I'm super nervous to take my business full time because um, mm-hmm. I do have that full time income right now. Yeah, so I guess I just want to hear like from you when you feel like it's the right time to take it full time. And um, if you had right. to in the beginning when you took that step, um, it's kind of two questions in one, but mm-hmm. do you have to like do anything else financially to help um, support yourself? Um, I think there is a point in which, you know, if you're working at like, say you're nine to five and that's covering most of your bills, if you feel like you're your business has gotten to a point where there is enough income from it to help you at least cover your bills and just a little buffer over that. Um, you also have to think about things like taxes. You know, I, I messed up a lot with that, some of that stuff. Like I didn't factor that stuff in. So I think you have to be in a comfortable place where it's covering most of your bills. Um, if there is a second income in your house, that's almost even more, you know, like, a little bit easier, but I have to say it is, it's a jump. Like if you are an entrepreneur at heart, yeah. um, there's always going to be a risk. Yeah. And so my risk was I went home and I started designing from home and there were some bills that were behind and I just, it was just, and if I had a moment where I was like, okay, I cannot make it. That was the what probably one or two times I went back to work for that magazine because I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't carry it myself. But the underlying factor of that was I didn't understand my value. I was completely underpriced, so underpriced. So I would say if someone is really close to wanting to go home, do a little bit of mindset work first because it's not always going to be easy, but if your mind's in the right place, you can push through that. And there's certain like books I read on like, you know, making money or attracting money. um, Yeah. not really like the woo-woo type, but there are some books that have really helped me in terms of, I hold a lot of value. Like I have a good eye. I can do an amazing design. Think about it more so as I need to make this amount, but also go past that and think, okay, what is the value you're giving to your clients? Mm -hmm. That's like thousands and thousands and thousands more. It's going to create more clients for them. I mean, if your client gets like three or four more clients because of a well-done website, that's way over your price. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're charging a couple thousand, so think about the mindset op- aspect and then that fear of being rejected for those prices, work around those things, installment plans. You don't have to have someone fork over everything all at once. I mean, if, if you couldn't do that, why would you ask someone else to do that? So yeah. I think it's a matter of knowing where you are financially in your household and the income that you have there. Mm-hmm. And if that can carry you enough that even if there are a couple scary moments, mm-hmm. you know enough, you ha- you hold enough value for what you do that you can push through that. Yeah, that's yeah. Super cool. I feel yeah. like it's scary. And I feel like right now I'm in the middle of like trying to strategically plan it too much because there's so much yeah. I could plan. Like I could plan to... Mm-hmm land some more clients or I could plan right. to cut down on whatever it is I'm spending, but I'm like, I just feel like I'm planning too much and I'm just so eager to take yeah. it. 
you're it's almost like when people say I'm never going to be ready to have a baby yeah you're never ever going to be ready to have a baby I have two and I'm still not ready (laughs) yeah so it's a matter of taking the plunge and if it means enough to you you'll get past the hard parts you know you can't fully plan something that big yeah and it's do you did you feel like when you did take that leap that because I kind of feel like I love my family and they're super supportive but I feel like sometimes there's people in my life that are like are you sure like I don't (laughs) want to like go interview somewhere else like and I kind of feel I don't know like it makes me just want to prove people wrong like I know I can take this full time and that's not bad like take that energy and like push through with that yeah there's gonna be a lot of voices there's gonna be a lot of people saying okay maybe you should get a normal job this isn't gonna work out yeah it's that's more of a voices thing and you have to pick and choose if they're not encouraging this journey then you might want to silence them for a little while and just kind of focus on people who are going to keep you on track in those voices. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. So I know you kind of touched on this, but when, like when you first jumped into the full-time graphic design and running your own business, did you, I guess for the planning part, did you make sure that you had like your business license? Did you have like a list of things that you did before you really? Um, I was not a planner. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you that I was not a planner and yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, but I, I think the one thing I did is I did do the LLC, okay. which it seems daunting, but really it is. You're just paying your state a couple hundred dollars a year yeah, <laughs> so that you could be an LLC. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, but honestly, I operated as a sole proprietorship for a couple years first, just yeah. because I even kind of just doubted myself that I almost it was almost like imposter syndrome. Like, yeah. oh my God, I can't be an LLC yet. Yes, you can. If you're giving somebody something that you can do in your sleep and they don't have a clue how to do, yeah. you are worth some sort of value and expertise. And so that's another mindset thing. Like go for that LLC, make it official. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really I would recommend some things that I did miss was, you know, making sure you have that buffer for taxes, yeah. um, depending on what your state requires things like that. Um, Really think through your package prices and how those are going to cover your buffers at home and your income. And just make sure you're in a good place with, I would say like those three things Mm -hmm. uh, just to start off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like I said, I feel like I'm trying to plan it too much or I'm like, I just need to take the leap. I would just start, just start with those three things. The LLC, making sure your packages not only are covering your bills, but they actually show the value and, yeah. and break off that mentality that it's imposter syndrome and that your practices are not worth that because mm-hmm. when yeah. likely they are. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, those are what I would pay attention to. Also, this is kind of random, but mm-hmm. how did you get rid of like the, not fear, but like when you set your prices, like at what they're like the higher price, mm-hmm. and then you send that to someone and they're like, oh, I'm going to go find someone cheaper. Right. How do you let go of that like gut feeling of like, oh, just let someone go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I think that fear starts to go away when you start to view that no as an open door to the ones who say yes. So like, for example, if someone comes along that does understand the value and is willing to pay that, you're already too busy with the one that's paying pennies. Yeah. And so basically you've been closing that door on yourself. 
So when someone says no, then you know, okay, this is not my kind of client. Where are the ones that do value this and really study that? And, and I know that sounds kind of vague, but I would just say study yeah. up people on Instagram and on Facebook, people that you really feel hold that value. You can tell in the way they talk about things, the way they talk about their brand, if they place value on those kind of things. If someone is a very like penny pincher and they're beginning their business, that might not be the right client for you. So you didn't really lose them. You gained space for the right ones. That's a really good way to view it. Cause yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, I could have, I feel like that's the one thing I don't want to happen when I take it full time is like just chasing yeah. money because I'm probably going to have a little bit of fear of like, oh, maybe next month someone might not reach out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I guess- and that's, I mean, that's a valid fear, but I think to knock down that fear is to make sure when you're working on this one client, okay, great. I got one client that's willing to pay this much. Yeah. Where's the next one going to come from? You have to make sure that you have set aside time, whether that's like a day of the week for your business mm-hmm. to market and sell and serve to where behind the scenes, let's say I market and sell on Monday on Tuesday, I'm zoned in designing, but I know that my marketing is working behind the scenes. By the time I'm done with this person, there's been, there've been wheels turning in the background. So you don't let that just sit. You let the exposure kind of work that week. Okay. Designing. Yeah. Does that help you too? When like you hit like a slow season, like you just constantly have that going. So do you face slow seasons anymore or do you feel like? I would say they're slow. I mean, they can get pretty low. Um, And, you know, just to be a complete open book, like summers, like July is like horrible for me. Like everyone disappears, they go on vacation. And the only way that you can really truly buffer that is number one, if your prices are at a right place to where they would require payment plans, because then if someone is, is, let's say someone is working with you the beginning of July, and then it's a really slow month in terms of bookings, Mm -hmm. their installment plans are carrying you through that month. Yeah. until other people book. So, and still always marketing, always selling. Like if you don't believe in what you're doing and you're afraid to sell it, then you're in the wrong field. You know, you have to have the confidence to sell it and do that in the background while you're designing someone else's stuff. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I've had a couple people also ask me like, how are you getting clients or like how, but I, and then I go to their Instagram and there's like no design anything. And I'm like, I feel like you kind of, you have to come to a point where you're like living and breathing what you offer. Yeah. Yeah. And not be ashamed to toot your horn, you know, like you do want to serve and serve a lot. You know that I listen to Gary Vee all the time and he is serve, 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 jab, jab, right hook. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it's time to do the right hook, you have to be confident in what you're selling. Yeah. And so when I get on there, I'm like, listen, I, for the clients that I want, mm-hmm. you need me. Yeah. I'm really good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and it doesn't come across, you know, if you stay genuine and you stay yourself, it doesn't come across snooty or yeah. like you're cocky. It's just, you really believe in what you offer. And so yeah. make sure you're putting that out there. So like one of my little tricks is yes, I have a day of the week where I focus on marketing, but Um, I do want to show up every day too, in a way. So I just use my coffee hour in the morning Mm -hmm. and that's where I write posts. That's where I show up on stories. Um, The only other times I show up 
on stories and stuff during the day is when my computer is taking forever to load. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's not a planned moment, but it's a moment to show up and, and serve my community. Yeah. And whether I'm serving, 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 and then I plan to like sell, sell that Friday. Yeah. Got to be a balance of it, but it's got to happen every week. That's you know? true. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard because I feel like there's so much content that can be posted where sometimes it's like so overwhelming, like, and then yeah. it's distracting. Yeah. So that's smart to have like the morning hour to just like. I have the morning hour and most of the time, like by on my Monday morning coffee is when I decide what am I going to talk about this week? Am I going to push something that I'm launching? Am yeah. I going to really push my service, my designs for photographers, or am I really going to push my academy for designers? You know, yeah. which one am I going to focus on this week and serve that person? And that for me is because I have more than one audience. So if it was just one audience, yeah. I would just pick a topic every beginning of the week and repurpose that topic all week long. Yeah. It's yeah. funny that you uh, bring up Gary Vee too. Cause I, I was yeah. thinking about like, I listened to him too. And I feel like he kind of repeats what he is sharing a lot, but just in different ways. And I think he yes. said that before, like there's a million ways to reword what yeah. it is you're offering. And it's he even admits, he's like, you guys are paying thousands of dollars to come hear me speak. I'm only going to say the same thing I've been saying all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so right. Like he just turns it a different way, but it is still it is his core, his core message. So yeah. that's why when you hear people talk about pillars for social yeah. media, which is like categories of things you'll talk about, you pull from those all the time anyways, because they're a part of you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Not so much that it's systemized. It's just talking, okay, which part of me do I want to push this week? That's so true. And I feel like it hits someone different every time. Cause maybe like they didn't understand it then, but when you reword or it. yeah, or new people, like yeah, yeah. I always worry like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to post this again. I just posted it last month. That doesn't mean maybe 10% of my audience saw it last month. So it's yeah. okay to post it again. Exactly. That's so true. And then there's unli unlimited amount of content if you start viewing it that way. So that's so true. Do you yeah. feel like too, because there's so many platforms nowadays, like, do you feel it's necessary to be on, I feel like Gary Vee kind of says too, like to be on everything, post everywhere that you can, but it's almost sometimes overwhelming. So do you feel like you just pick a handful that you know you can be consistent on? Um, yeah. So I kind of have like a little process for that. And this, and I teach designers this in the course where it's, you test the waters first, you do the Gary Vee first, mm -hmm. and you re let's say you have a topic you want to push for one week, and you push that on every platform. Yeah. Test the waters for a little bit and see where you're getting the most response. For me, the most response was in Facebook groups and on Instagram. Okay. And so when I realized I was getting more response on those two platforms, I kind of stepped back on the others. Sometimes I'll copy and repurpose, but I really sit in these two and I respond and I comment and I, you know, communicate with people who are responding to me on these two platforms. So in the beginning, yes, I agree with Gary, but I have narrowed it down. And I feel like as creatives, we can do that in our industry. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's a full-time job to just post on every single platform, which is yeah. awesome. But sometimes yeah. it's like, I still need it to is. <laughs> and, and you can even see it this way. Like if you feel like you still want to have a presence on the other platforms and I do that randomly too, um, is I, whatever I'm really pushing on Instagram that week or on Facebook, 
Mm -hmm. I just, I just copy it real quick, make sure it's worded a little better for that specific audience and just paste it on the other place, you know, just put it there. I mean, I'm very mindful of the mindset on the different platforms. Yeah. Like for example, LinkedIn is very businessy, although it is transferring a little bit more to the Facebook vibe. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of professionals on there, so they don't, you know, they might want to hear it in a different word, change up two words or something, yeah. or yeah. like LinkedIn bio, that's Instagram lingo. That's not LinkedIn lingo, you know? So yeah. little things like that, mm -hmm. tweak them and just use the same, the same message. That's so smart. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. it becomes a little less overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Because you're really just duplicating something and making it work on that platform. It's just like, just put it there. You know, if I happen to get responses, I'll check back later, but I'm, I'm focused on my core people. Right exactly. Now. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you saw your business grow the most when you started becoming more consistent on those platforms or was there something you did that you saw the most growth? Um, I probably saw the most growth even before social media, honestly, okay. it was, it was a bigger jump is a better way to put it was when I started um, going to in-person events because okay. I wanted to just kind of sit in my introvert corner with my coffee and design. Um, and I was missing out so much on the stuff that you can bounce off of each other from people who are ahead of you and behind you. Yeah. And so my very first retreat, I got there and I was shocked at the people who were either in the same place I was or yeah. the people who were behind me. My goodness, that was so encouraging. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not really a beginner anymore because, and not in a bad way to look at them bad, but it, the way that you can see the different steps you're in, and then you might be a little, a couple steps ahead than you thought you were. Yeah. yeah. And then learning from the people who were ahead of you. Yeah. That happens the most and the most organically in a room with people in person. That and is, so yeah. when I started doing that, I mean, one of the biggest things that happened to me was my very first retreat. The leader of that retreat told me, go home open your website, change your prices and click publish. That's all you have to do. Uh -huh. I'm like, really? I can't do that. And she's like, your work is worth it. And there is nothing else we need to do, but change the number and click yeah. publish. Mm -hmm. And I would have never done that had I not been fed that. Yeah. During that week of that retreat. Yeah, definitely. Because it's so easy to get in your own bubble and like, yes, see the yeah. And for me personally, depends on how you're wired. Like I prefer in person because I feel like more happens there. Yeah. More, you can go more off on tangents and really like bounce things off of each other. Whereas online, you kind of just have to wait your turn. Somebody else is talking like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's, it's very different. It's not as deep of a connection. So the in-person connection and rubbing shoulders with other people who do what you do yeah. and have your same passion. That is where I feel you're going to see the most growth in your business. That's so awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I cannot wait. I was just looking yeah. at flights to book. Um, do you awesome. want to tell actually a little bit about your Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I've been, you know, since I've been designing and been branding for so long, I hit kind of like that decade mark and decided it was time to kind of um, pass it on. Yeah. For and creatives, I, it was time to do an academy. And again, this came from other people that I have rubbed shoulders with in person who are like, you need to be teaching. And I'm like, oh, just like designing in my little corner. They're <laughs> like, no, you have more to offer. So I started my, the Unreal Designer Academy. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been just so wonderful. Like, it's not like it's the masses of people, but it's people who really see yeah. how important it is to learn and bounce things off of each other. 
And so from that academy, we are having our retreat in April of 2022. We actually have only one spot left. So if anyone comes Mm -hmm. across this (laughs) uh, before our retreat, you might be the lucky designer, but it is a retreat focused on designers doing just that, rubbing shoulders, bouncing things off of each other, learning from each other, having experts there together. And of course, seaside you know, food, swag, coffee, tacos, um, all of the good things will be there. And a lot of just downtime to just work and actually put things into action because a lot of times you'll go to an event yeah, with, and then you leave with this whole to-do list and you never do it when you get home. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's learning, there's coaching, and then there's implementing. So that is really helpful because you go home with things actually done. That is so exciting. I'm yeah. so excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's April 18th through the 22nd, 2022. So. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I also think it's going to be really cool because I feel like it kind of gets lonely when you're at home, just like in your own little design world. Yeah. So to like connect with people that not only you can relate with, but just to like meet other people. Absolutely. Really yeah. fun. Yeah. For sure. It's good. It's really good. And then I have one more question I kind of jumped over, but um, when do you feel like when you first like get into design that you can kind of like accept a more broad amount of people or like industries and then as you start to realize what you like you start to niche yourself then and do you feel like there's like a, a point in time where you can be like okay now it's time to niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I always say it might take let's say a year to two years from the beginning of your business to really dabble, do different kind of projects that you think might be something you would enjoy and see what it's really like. Some things might be really enjoyable, whereas some things they look enjoyable, but they really aren't once you're in the nitty gritty of it. And so if you've had like the first two to three years of your business, for some people it may happen quicker, for some people not. But if you have those first two years, yes, take on different ones. Of course, price yourself correctly. (laughs) Don't get taken advantage of. But try different ones and sooner or later, you're going to find the projects that like just make you want to wake up on Monday and like hit the ground running. Like those are the ones and, and then take those and divide that again into which ones actually like, so you put them all in a category of they are high revenue. So they pay the bills and get a little tougher, but then which ones make you feel alive when they're doing them? Right. So there's always going to be that one kind for me, it's always been photographers and it's, and it's niching and it continues to niche. Now it's niching right now in this season. For me, it's like the very artful, deeper photographers. That is who, when I work with them, it just works. You know, it's like, you just know, it's like when you meet your partner and you just know, Uh, I think that can happen with clients for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because I, I haven't really fully niched myself yet, but within the past year, I've started to notice like salons and like lash mm-hmm. studios. Like, awesome. it just makes me feel like alive, like you said. And yes, know, it's crazy. So I feel like I finally kind of found that. But yeah, I didn't. I remember I was working with like realtors like mm-hmm. last year, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I. Uh, I have done those. And now I have a wonderful designer that I refer them to because she enjoys real estate design. For me, I can do it. I can give you a great brand and website for your real estate, but there's not a lot of passion behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And there's also not a lot of knowledge. So like, for example, if you go to the salon a lot, you get your lashes done, there's more experience. Oh, you're good. There's more, there's more experience there. Yeah. Yeah. On the ins and outs of that industry. So mm-hmm. say you're designing a website for a salon owner, you can say, well, as a customer, yeah, I'm so into this industry. I would love this, this, and this to see that on your website. So now you're serving them double. Your value has gone up because exactly. you're already immersed in that. So do you feel like when you did niche yourself that you were still getting people that weren't photographers that just knew that you're really good at design. So they still wanted to ask you, or do you feel like yeah. you only, like yeah. you kind of got rid of that? Does that um, they kept coming and they actually still come. Okay. So yeah. I have had to kind of, you know, grow the shell. I can't be Mrs. Nice all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say it nicely and just say, listen, it's not really in my realm anymore. Yeah. Um, but I want you to be served the best way that you can. And so I recommend, you know, don't leave them hanging, like with no help at all. I always try to leave them with some sort of referral. Like, I think this designer is a great fit for you and will really pour their whole selves into this project because they love your industry. Yeah. So it's a matter of understanding and getting used to responding to it that way. And, you know, filtering it and not being, not just taking anything on because of the money. Definitely, yeah. Well, that's super helpful. So yeah, for sure. Thank you. Where exactly find you too, so that they can look you up. Yes. Okay. So I'm mostly hang out on Instagram. Yeah. Um, that's a big one. So that's under Leslie Vega design. So mm-hmm. I'm there for Instagram. My website is leslievegadesign.com. Um, if you're interested in the Unreal Designer Academy, that can be found through that as well. If you go to my website or just go to the Unreal Academy.com. And then awesome. retreat infos on my website too, things like that. So I try to keep things up there. Um, but Instagram is where you'll find me like all the time. So I'll put your uh, stuff down below too. So that yes, you absolutely perfect. Thank you oh, so thanks. much. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks for having me. I just, I of love course. chatting with designers and even better in person. So I cannot wait. Yes, I can't wait either. I feel like I know you because I've been following you. I should have in the beginning, but you were like the first, one of the first designers I followed. So this is special to me. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yes. Well, whenever you want to chat again, I'm here. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome.